Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the extended version of Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, as we've been saying all day, we are broadcasting live today from Representative Chris Stewart's uh, fifth annual security conference here in downtown Salt Lake City. And uh, just had a great report from uh, Paul Nelson, who was part of a uh, press conference, getting some insight as they wrapped up. We'll be joined by uh, Representative Kevin McCarthy and Representative Chris Stewart uh, early on in the 2 o'clock hour, so stay with us there. We'll also be joined uh, by Amanda Bennett, who is with uh, Voice of America, that does some just fascinating things around the world in terms of communicating the principles of freedom uh, into these countries that uh, would rather we don't <laughs> communicate those things. Uh, but I want to shift gears for a minute now. There's uh, been a lot of talk over the last 24 hours about impeachment, uh, what is going on. Uh, obviously, uh, Nancy Pelosi is under a great deal of pressure from many of the Democratic members of Congress to begin proceeding uh, with impeachment uh, against President Trump. And there's a, a host of thoughts and ideas about that. They've reached about half uh, of the uh, Democratic caucus there in the House. Uh, so about half of those members are in favor of impeachment proceedings. And there's a lot of challenges there. And uh, I want to go uh, to a minute to uh, some comments from The Hill uh, as their editor-in-chief was breaking down what this means and uh, what happens next. Uh, here it is from The Hill uh, editor-in-chief. I think she's going to keep that lid on. I know other mm. people have a different view, but uh, I do think that she doesn't want to go down that path. And yes, uh, we're going to get we're certainly going to get way over the majority at some point. There will probably be five or six more. And then without a doubt, it's it's a clear if you if you're just voting in the Democratic caucus, it would win. But that's not how it works. You've got to vote on the House floor right. and you've got to get 218 votes. And they are nowhere near that. I think mm. I think they have to decide that this year. I think they've got to take it off the table. I think that she's under pressure to take it off the table right. because of that. Okay, again, that's the editor-in-chief at The Hill uh, breaking that down, and uh, and he, he raises a really important point to say, yeah, they are going to get over 50% of the Democratic members of the House uh, who are going to say, yes, we want to uh, begin impeachment proceedings against the president. Uh, and uh, here's the uh, uh, here's uh, some additional sound from, uh, again, this is Bob Cusack uh, on, from The Hill, uh, editor-in-chief, and as he continued to break this down this morning, uh, again, there, there are a few votes away, uh, but there's a lot more that has to take place. Uh, here's what he had to say. They're away. So if Jerry Nadler 
had it. Remember, this has got a moving committee yeah. first. Uh, they would likely get the votes. They still need three or four, but mm-hmm. that's another one to watch. If they get the majority there, of course, all Republicans on the committee would vote no. Right. But they could clear it through committee should they get those three or four votes. You know Nadler wants to do yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but you know, <laughs> Na- uh, you know Pelosi's probably not going to let him do that. Okay, again, that's Bob Cusack. He's the editor-in-chief of The Hill. Uh, breaking it down, so let's let's talk about those two components. So one, you have the vote of just the members on the Democratic side of the House. They are going to go past fifty there, fifty uh, percent. So they'll they'll have a majority who will want to begin uh, those proceedings again. Nancy Pelosi does not want to go there uh, because it's important to remember that it doesn't matter if they have fifty percent of the Democrats. They have to have two hundred and eighteen votes. They have to have fifty percent of the four hundred and thirty-five members of Congress. Uh, And so Nancy Pelosi surely doesn't want to uh, lose on the floor. So she's going to continue to resist that uh, as long as she doesn't feel like she can get it all the way to the end of the row. She just thinks that's a uh, losing proposition. There's a lot of uh, Democratic strategists. Uh, I was texting with my friend Robin Byro, uh, Democratic strategist, this morning. And uh, he was saying, yeah, this this is really bad for Democrats. Uh, and he's worried about it as a Democratic strategist. Uh, Robin's worried that uh, this becomes the issue of the campaign for 2020, and he thinks that's a, uh, a real winner for President Trump and his reelection. So a lot of Democratic strategists are wringing their hands, thinking, what in the world's going on in the House? Can Nancy Pelosi keep it all together and keep it keep the lid on, uh, as, uh, as Bob Cusack mentioned? Uh, also interesting that he pointed out what's going on in the Judiciary Committee. So that's Chairman Nadler, Congressman Nadler, and he really wants to get going on impeachment proceedings. And I think he will be the first one to get to 50% of his committee. So his committee could begin a vote, and uh, that would begin proceedings in terms of his committee. wouldn't necessarily mean much if Nancy Pelosi doesn't take it up uh, on the floor of the House, and so that's going to be a that's going to be a real battle, uh, in my view, uh, and so that's a, a real challenge. I want to get one more uh, piece of sound from uh, from Bob Cusack uh, as he again is talking about what is happening on the House side, and then we'll look at uh, pr- the president's response here in just a second. If you bring it to the floor, it fails. Right. Now, yeah. I don't think she wants to do that. I mean, that would be kind it's of embarrassing. a, a embarrassing. spectacle, yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. It would divide the party. Uh, she, she's all about uniting the party. She's had some challenges recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, both parties have, really. But but I, I think that she's going, she's not going to cave on this. She's going to hold firm. All right. Uh, again, that's Bob Cusack from The Hill, editor-in-chief, breaking down uh, what he sees as the real challenges and the real problems for the Democratic Party if this continues. Uh, he thinks it's a losing proposition. There's a lot of Democratic strategists uh, uh, that I'm talking to that, again, are thinking this is the only way to guarantee that President Trump is reelected and that there's four more years. Uh, and so it's interesting to just, again, step back a little bit from the emotion of the politics of it all and if you just look at it purely from a political strategy standpoint uh, and often we don't do that it's so easy to get caught up in the emotion what does it mean and who's right and who's wrong and have the big uh, fight between the the rhetorical pieces of the puzzle Uh, but if you just step back and say okay from a strategic standpoint does this make sense for democrats to go down this road and uh, here's a pretty good indicator uh, of what the president thinks about it uh, as he was at a uh, rally last night uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, a key swing state that the Democrats have to win if they want to regain uh, both the House and the White House. Uh, Here's what the president said last night. 
But I was watching the so-called debate last night. And I also watched the night before. That was long, long television. And the Democrats spent more time attacking Barack Obama than they did attacking me, practically. Okay, so again, there's the uh, the president uh, talking about the, the fact that they really did make a pivot, um, and that the uh, the Democrats spent so much time uh, in a really interesting space. We're going to pick this up in our in our next segment uh, and talk about how the Democrats uh, have really turned on favorite son Barack Obama and how far that means that the party has shifted to the left and what that's going to mean. Uh, I want to back up just a minute, though, and, and break down just a little bit further. Uh, you know, I think the president is is baiting and goading the Democratic Party to keep moving on the impeachment stuff because he thinks it helps him in the end, because he thinks that the American people are not interested in, in an impeachment fight, that they're interested in what's going on in the job market, what's happening with the economy, do I have more opportunity than I had four years ago? Is my family doing better than it was four years ago? Uh, and so that's the real test there. Uh, and so, I, again, I think that the president and his group uh, is just pleased as can be that the Democrats are chasing down this rabbit hole uh, of impeachment because it will do a couple of things. So one of the things you have to remember from a political standpoint is focus always precedes success in anything but especially in politics and if you have a political party that's chasing shiny objects uh, and running down rabbit holes uh, you have anything but focus if nancy pelosi uh, needs to get an agenda done it's not going to happen if half of her members are spending their time racing in front of microphones to say we need to begin impeachment proceedings because what this will do it will divide the democratic party uh, not just in terms of the presidential race, but it will also divide them in terms of House and Senate races. And guess what? That's a winning strategy for the Republican Party. Uh, so if the Democrats want to hold on to the House, if they want any chance of taking the Senate, and if they really want to take the White House, uh, this is not a good strategy for the Democrats. It's a shiny object. Uh, it's a big old rabbit hole. Uh, that they can go down for a long, long way, and they may not emerge until 2021. And when they emerge, they may find that they've lost all the levers of power. Uh, and that could happen, because if they are divided, it's going to be really tough to rally uh, to defeat a sitting president. It's always tough. The in incumbency is a real thing in America. Uh, it's something uh, I think we need to really take a hard look in the mirror at as citizens. Uh, because, you know, we, we often complain about our politicians, but we keep reelecting the same people. In the last election, 94% of the incumbents running for re-election won re-election, 94%. So as much as we all would like to complain uh, about the politicians, we, we're not making the change, we're not holding them accountable, we're not uh, really deciding with our votes and our voices that we want something different. Uh, and so that's a we the people problem. And we have to decide, okay, if I am fed up with this, what am I going to do? Am I going to make the hard choice? Uh, it's really interesting. We've been having conversations uh, about uh, many Republicans who are struggling 
with President Trump, who may say, you know what, his tax policy is good. I'm glad we got conservatives uh, on the on the bench at the Supreme Court, uh, but I can't do this. And so I am looking at other things. Uh, I was really startled a little bit uh, of how many Republicans watched two nights of Democratic debates, uh, not just as political sport, <laughs> but to see, is there anybody up there that I could actually vote for? Uh, is there anyone who has maybe a different temperament or a different style or a different approach or a different uh, poli- set of policies? And uh, maybe maybe I could vote for them. Uh, but I think what a lot of Republicans saw that did tune in and watch the Democratic debates is they, they all quickly realized that, wow, this really went student body left. Uh, and a lot of big, big government, uh, socialized medicine and so on. Uh, and we'll talk about those and uh, what happened on the debate stage this week and what it means rolling through this last part of August. And then everything really kicks up after Labor Day. So we'll pick up on that and a really interesting challenge. Who got attacked most uh, by the Democrats over two nights of debates? Amazingly, it was former President Barack Obama. Find out why. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.